0: You are listening to The Massive Report Podcast.
1: Welcome to Saucy Brewworks. where uh, after the halftime of last Saturday's game in Chicago, I was not looking forward to being here. Not that I didn't want to see you guys, I missed you. It's but I didn't know what we were going to talk about other than just sit here and complain. But you know what, we don't have to do that. Uh, first of all, uh, I'd just like to thank our host and our sponsor Saucy Brew Works, for having us again. Uh, I'm having a new flavor of beer tonight. It is the Fat Gold IPA Lager, I think, and it's very good. The pizza here is excellent. All the, I, I think between all of us, we've tried the entire menu. Come down, Harrison West, 3rd in Michigan when you get a chance. And the game's on in the weekend as well during the Premier League season and so forth. It's a great place to hunker down early. You want to do that? It is uh, our pleasure to present the voice of the crew, Neil Sika here. Neil, uh, joining Murph, and of course Sam at the controls. I'm Brian Phillips. Like and subscribe. We only have you for a few minutes, so I want to dive right in. It was a tale of two games. How much was it tactical that made the difference, and how much of it was just a, a, a change in personnel at halftime, that made the difference.
2: How about we go 50-50? Okay, fair enough. 100%. It's great to be here again with the UPP. Uh, the last time we were talking in a setting like this yeah. was, was like in bad. December over a steel barrel and some oh, yeah. fire. So at the radio fire station, band. yeah. Oh, eating some whi- whis- drink, eating some whiskey. Drinking some whiskey.
1: There might have been uh, a little whiskey in the coffee. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, MLS
2: uh, Cup preview. Yeah. But, um, back to your original question. I think... They needed to get out of the three-five-two, And while they've played it to some pretty good stead in the three previous games, it's something that I think limits their attack. Their base formation is going to be something I think they're going to have to use with the personnel that they have, or at least the ones that make hay in the attack. So that, coupled with the fact that you brought on the personnel that you did and the subs ultimately change the game and everyone's going to point to the Cucho game-winning goal and that moment great fantastic I think we're all excited about what can transpire with this guy in the lineup but I think if they're going to go where they hope they can go um, one of the big talking points for three years has been the wing play and they got good wing play off the bench on Wednesday from Diaz and Etienne scoring his first two-goal games. So that needs to continue. And then you've got four real threats going forward out of that 4-2-3-1 and can be, can be pretty dangerous. Coupled by the fact, let's not forget that Chicago oh, yeah. is not very good. But that helps in a situation like that. Yeah, that was
1: some rough defending in the <laughs> second half yeah, by Chicago.
2: No. But it's a nice win because the crew never win there. They don't win there. Yeah. They've won. It was the first time they'd won there since 2015. Uh, First time winning at Soldier Field since 2005.
1: That is incredible.
2: And the home team just doesn't win in the series. Like Chicago hasn't won in Columbus since 2013. So uh, to come back from two goals down, which they've done, and earned a tie on their, I think their most recent visit in 2019. It was it was nice to see.
1: Uh, I love Diaz coming off the bench and
2: playing with confidence. He hit a pass correctly, which I'm not going I'm not gonna bury the guy. But look, I think the book on lucho diaz is that his speed is the weapon that so many teams desire but the end product has lacked and i think you've seen it at times um even the simple plays that i think have eluded his his career so far to this point just making the right pass he did that on the second goal and i think now is the time that he can establish himself because while etienne is arguably been one of their better players with the 10 goal contributions no one's yeah. going to argue that the other wing spot when they're playing that position is wide open oh. Yao yeah, you has taken a while to develop he's been hurt diaz has had the flashes but the consistency has has not been there so maybe this is something that starts him off in the right direction and i think they still prefer him maybe as a sub to being a starter but you know. Someone's got to claim the starters' minutes.
1: Well, just providing that speed, as you said. Sure. Bringing that off the bench on a hot night. I'm sure it was warm in Chicago. Uh, this time of year it is. Just to bring that flash to, to, that the other team has to account for and maybe not with 100% energy. Um, leaving the goal aside, Cucho has a little ways to go as far as being comfortable with the fellows around him. What did you see that, that showed you that there just needs to be some time to develop some chemistry?
2: Well, I, I think the combinations will come, but one thing I noticed for the betterment, it's not like he's a stagnant guy right in the middle of the penalty area. He moves. I mean, the way he floated across from the left wing to the right wing, and it's something that he's familiar with playing in some of those spots in the Premier League. Um, he's not shy just in terms of where he's lurking or roaming. And I think his movement his movement's going to be crucial, too, for... Or maybe the, the left sided winger, the right sided winger for Lucas. I think having that ability is, is something that's going to open up space for the defense not able to always account for. And we saw that uh, in certain situations. And we'll see that probably in a larger sample size Wednesday night against DC. Mm-hmm.
3: That was the goal specifically, but he did it throughout the game. Kucho's movement was, you know, the, what we've been looking for is a guy who can, can do some different things. They want to be fluid with that front three a little bit. And Giassi Zardes, for everything he did well, he's not getting on the end of that ball, getting on the right flank, and finishing it. I don't think any of the forwards are, are doing that because none of them, even though Zardes has experience playing out wide, you know, he wants to be a number nine you know, in, the, in the truest sense. Whereas Cucho wants to be a nine and wants to be a goal scorer but he's comfortable in those areas because he's played there at the highest level mm-hmm. and so I think you saw that there in, in his ability to read the space stay on side which was crucial being, uh, yeah. being in his own half yeah. and then he knew what to do he knew what touch to take so that he didn't lose the ball um, and he knew how to finish from that that tight angle and that's something that a guy who has experience playing on the wing as well as being a, a good finisher can can bring to this team and and then you have some flexibility.
1: Well, you see that class of a player who's played in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. That first touch for most guys in, the, in MLS is a heavy touch that leads to nothing. But it, to, to my mind, and, and to speak to this, I felt like that touch was purposeful to force the goalie to commit. Yeah. Do you, do you agree? With yeah. I,
2: we're talking about a 7- or 8-yard ball that he puts out in front of him on the dead sprint just so he can get slonina to commit and then chip it over we've already seen if you watch this highlight tape he scored some spectacular goals and it was a, a degree of difficulty to it but it had to feel like in the open field for him thinking that he had the space to run like a layup yeah <laughs> at the end of the day but um you know adds to a list lucas had a game-winning goal in his first ever crew game and um so it was just neat to see them complete the comeback. And the fact that they're winning games on the road, they've kept this unbeaten streak now to six. And Jordan and I were referencing this in the postgame. You're getting a look into maybe what the attack can be when it's at full throttle. And the competition will obviously get better. But it's also important to realize that this is the time of year and you need to beat the teams below you in the standings. Chicago is one and D.C. is another coming up here uh, 48 hours from now because they're, they're reeling.
3: Well, and just the, the passes that set up those goals. You know, we know Lucas is going to do that. But Diaz, recognizing the play there, you know, it was a, it was a bad giveaway by Chicago in, in their yeah. own half. But Diaz getting on the ball and not just taking off. He looked up and saw the ball. And played it in the space, Mm -hmm. and that's not you know he gets the assist with the ball back across on the Etienne goal, which was a good decision too because he normally would have just blasted that over Mm -hmm. into the side netting. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one game. We obviously have a much bigger sample size with him making the wrong decisions, but I thought that you know always great to see Etienne scoring. I'm glad he's continuing a good year. It's great to have the emotion of the Cucho experience coming off the bench, but. If they can get Diaz to be that player, even off the bench, that they hoped, that's, that's you know, we've seen it in flashes. We just haven't seen it enough to, to warrant him being that consistent 12th guy in the attack.
0: All right, well, how sad. much How much do you think Lucio's presence, not even like, we're not talking skill, nobody knew what, how he was going to do, how he was going to play, because he's so, basically, in the offseason. How much does his presence... Affect how teams play. Lucas and Derek and Nagby? I mean, Nagby had ten touches in the first half. Seven. Seven touches yeah. in the first half. And that's, and that's an important point. But in the second point. half, yeah. that was very different. Sure. So, how much does that affect moving forward? Even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't necessarily score every game, but how that affects, you know, Lucas wasn't really. Lucas gets three defenders on him as soon as yeah. he gets the ball. And he was a
2: different player in the second half too. Right. I, I think the pressure that you can have taken off because going back to where they're playing with the wingbacks Pedro and Moreira aren't necessarily getting to the byline every trip down the field into the attack so when they overlap that's nice you can get more more production from them but let's not forget if we're speaking to Diaz Yabo hasn't maybe lived up to terms and let's not forget about Kevin Molino either because I think when he's fully healthy and he's in a lot better shape than he was even last year, where maybe you work a platoon thing out with those guys. And if Molino's eventually starting, he can be a real dangerous threat too on the wing to, to have a nice compliment. And then maybe you bring in Diaz in the second half like you did in the Chicago game. So there's, it's nice when you're healthy and these options uh, can come. And now the pressure isn't on one guy solely who wears the 10 shirt.
3: Well, and I think the, the word options is yeah. crucial there because now we've seen Caleb want to be more tactically aware this season. Tac- you know, he was doing some different things in terms of formation stuff, but he can now do different things with, you know. Luis Diaz is a different guy than Kevin Molino in terms of the way they want to play. So you can evaluate, okay, here's how we want to attack this this defense. Here's how we may want to attack them if we need goals in the second half, you know maybe this is a Kevin Molino game, maybe this is a Luis, you know, you have options there that last year they certainly did it with the injuries. And even going back to the MLS Cup year, they had a little bit, but it was a lot of Lucas and, you know, Jossie scoring the goals, and, you know, they were benefited by the schedule and things like that. But, um, you know, certainly this looks like there's, there's a lot more to it now.
1: And uh, our upcoming opponents are going to look at the, at the tape. And yeah. they're, they're going to see. Well, and there's the whole first half. They're probably not going to yeah. look at their own.
2: E- Eagles seven, Commanders zero.
0: Yeah, that was, that Last was week. brutal. <laughs> yeah, Tied no, for the no, our largest
2: margin of defeat in league history. I, I and they've us. got some guy coming back to coach them when his visa gets approved by the end of the year. Next
1: Rooney, year? So Rooney's not going to be there on Wednesday. No, actually. he will not.
3: He's okay. getting introduced tomorrow, on Tuesday, right? Yes. But he will not coach the game. He will not coach. Yeah, yeah. seven to nothing. Seven to nothing. Now, look,
2: mind down. you, that was an embarrassment for them, but they did go down to Orlando and put up they five did. goals. And like you guys have seen in plenty of league annals, you can never be too confident. Because <laughs> even is going weird. against, yeah, exactly, going against the worst team or the team that you feel you should take care of business against, because they're a good heater of taxi funtas away from maybe losing that game Wednesday night or not taking the full three points. So there's, there's still some pieces there that could be disruptive for D.C. But and
1: we'll get to Cincinnati as well yeah. later, and that's another team that uh, is good making ball. a lot yeah. out of perhaps a little. They have a Brazilian who wants to leave the country but has been red hot. We'll get to that. One thing that our opponents are going to look at is that first half and how terrible we were defending the, 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 the balls coming in from the flanks. I was a bit alarming, and I realized that the back was a bit patchwork. No, Milos. Um, How concerned were you in in
2: seeing a bad team do that to us? Well, look, I think they've had some set-piece issues. The first goal comes off a well-designed corner, and Williams gets fulcrumed. Um, It's a lot to ask a guy like Jaleel Baba, who's more comfortable on his right, to play on the left because they couldn't play out from that side. They were pressured... And the second goal was kind of a circumstance where they were, were dealing with the pressure, gave the ball away at midfield. But I think they've taken a lot of strides from the first four or five games of the year defending set pieces. And I think that's an underrated aspect, too, of Milos' game. While um, sometimes what, maybe what he lacks in pace or on the ball, I think he's still very good in the air. And I think he's helped and while he's gotten more comfortable has helped them defend some set pieces and they've looked a little more active josh williams always seems to to help in that regard and you're going to have your moments maybe where someone gets the better of you but um you know by and large i think that's what was more i wouldn't say concerning but this has been a very good team still at the spine of their defense during the run of play and um, i think it was more of chicago taking advantage of a of a good game plan and personnel matchups to bolster them to the lead which they did on and, and increase that on the second pool
1: what a disappointment for them
2: because any flicker of
1: hope they had to do anything is probably snuffed out at this yeah
2: I, I spoke with ezra last week and even players on the crew roster love the guy because they described him in a perfect word that captures his essence he's chill and he's had success in his playing career in the assistant role and now you want to flourish but that's a tough situation to walk in Joe Mansueto's gonna spend a lot of money but um, you know, I don't. I still don't think they're using Shakiri in the best way possible he allegedly asked out of that game in the second half really? so um, they've got they've got a lot of things to clean up and they were very young with the lineup they started too like Shabilko they spent all this money to bring him over in a trade and he essentially has been benched for John Duran um the Colombian forward they've got they've got some pieces that they still need to recalibrate so it's uh maybe a two or three oh, okay. year thing there but uh this is a team franchise that was very proud to start right everyone remembers mm-hmm. what they did in 98 but yep. that Seems like two lifetimes ago. They haven't made the playoffs in ten of the last twelve, and it's going to be eleven or thirteen.
1: Uh, it's amazing to me. I mean, this is the third largest media market in America, yeah. no. and I assume with uh, multicultural influences in that city, is a, a, a town just wanting to embrace this club, you know? And now they're where they can actually go to the games, uh, albeit in this massive football stadium. Mm-hmm. But it's it's something that. That is a long way from being fixed as you said yeah. and it, it's not good for the league to have a team in a market that size be that
2: pathetic right and you speak of the stadium You know, there's these rumors about the Bears going out to Arlington Heights and abandoning Soldier Field I mean that's been an institution for almost a century and then what, what becomes of the fire are you going to play you're back in the city but are you going to play in this cavernous yeah. building which is aching to <laughs> Be like be glory years, right? Like '98 with DC, yeah, right.
1: After uh, the Washington football team, no, no patches patches of clothes
2: have have caught on fire yet. I guess (laughs) in the basement of Soldier Field, but yeah, there's there's a lot of questions there. But they they have an owner who who I know is willing to spend, so it it may take a little bit more before they get it going in the right direction.
1: Well, I'm not going to lose any sleep over Chicago 5 no. at the end of the day. fans
2: aren't either here.
1: Um, so, real quick, because I know you have to go, and now we, we want to see Kucho all the time. Mm-hmm. How match fit is he to start and go 90 minutes when we have a match Wednesday, hell is real, on Sunday? Right. How much do we expect to see him? Which match do we expect him to start, if any?
2: I think you'll see him start against Cincinnati, and he'll play probably about 45 minutes against D.C., little bit more of a partnership with Lucas, but um, you know, he's already stirring up a lot of excitement with with that first goal and the fact that, you know, he's still essentially in his preseason coming out of Premier League and having played in uh half of a friendly for Columbia and now you can unleash him fully for the uh the big game. Suddenly this takes on a, a new meaning and I know the crew still dominated the series, but what makes a rivalry great is that it's equal parts one way or the other. And Cincinnati finally, uh, you know, pulled their, their head out of their proverbial, <laughs> you know, what, and yeah. made some sensible hires with yeah. Chris Albright and Pat Noonan. And there's some Philadelphia structure there. And
1: we can't Lucio laugh. Costa has
2: been excellent. Yeah. Vasquez Brenner. I think they're not a doormat. They've got confident players, and they're picking up results and now it's now it's a showdown which could mean a playoff spot, sure. you know, coming up with this first game even though it's middle of July.
1: Biggest game in their history. Yeah. No question. Yeah, yeah, for their sure. For sure. Be it's a nationally televised
2: game, right? Yeah. They've they've uh they've had egg on their face for three years with the wooden spoons and <laughs> they're finally they're finally carving their way out of out of the, the ground with, with that but a you know, long way to go but it's good to see the crew are, are heading in the right direction and friend for the crew's perspective, you know, regardless of the d c game they've been playing great on the road they've got more road wins than they do bizarre uh, well, they have matched road and home yeah, yeah. but they've got ten wins in twenty one games at at the l d c It's got to change like yeah. they've got to start giving points away there and then like I think of Charlotte and I think of you know Nashville game that was winnable mm-hmm. you don't want to say here we go again because. You threw away points at home. It's a league that's still you got to rely on what you do uh, in your own bed. So,
1: well, with the schedule the way it is, we've got a backloaded seven of, seven home of ten games. coming up at home. Yeah, so is, and
2: nine of the last fourteen, which is huge. You have to assuming they take it. You, you know. have to
1: maximize, yeah. and really, the way things are going, it, we could finish twelfth. We could finish third.
2: Sure. You know. Yeah. Or who knows? Right.
1: You know, it, it's up for grabs.
2: You no, know, and for the drop points that they've gotten, it's been a monster lift that they've won. The road game at Toronto and Chicago, and um, you know, it's nice to see that they've also taken advantage of these te- teams or beaten the teams that have been struggling. Because maybe in the last couple of years, you would say that's a tie or a loss if uh, they're in that same predicament like they were Saturday night. But what do you what do you think of the young Canadian, Jason Russell Rowe? Yeah, uh, I like him a lot. It's very soft spoken, um, and I think he always had. The desire to be a pro out of the academy in Toronto. And I think it was a numbers game there. They had Akinola, they had a lot of guys. He scored 40 goals in his last two seasons in the academy. I mean, they weren't going to sign him. And that's the brilliance of you know, even if you go on to another job like Corey Ray did coming down from Toronto and still knowing like this is a guy that may help our reserve team, which he has. And then uh, Sasha Swarovski, the Maryland coach, told me that he had told the Crew to Brass if this kid gets healthy, because he was, he was dealing with an ankle injury for his two seasons at Maryland. If he gets fully fit, he's going to be in the first team. Voila. Mm-hmm. He's in the first team. He's earned, uh, he's earned the right to be there, too. And I think Saturday's a tough judgment of, of anybody in the attack because there was nothing going on in that first half. But what we saw in the Toronto game, and I think he had – some solid things uh, against Philadelphia, which, which, their games are really tough to watch. When you, regardless of whether they scored seven goals or not, uh, the Union, um, like the Red Bulls, it's just hard to digest the way they play. So I, I like him, and he's still growing, and he's going to need more games, and he's going to have more Crew Two games, and that's where yeah, he's only can 19. He can flourish. Yeah, he's 19 that's years crazy. old. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, But is he's the Young Player of the Year nominee, finalist for in the Canadian program, so mm-hmm. he's not a baloney sandwich. Or so easy. sandwich.
1: Do they view him in Canada as, as part of the national future, or is it too early to tell? Yeah, I,
2: I think it's too early to tell. I think they'll obviously keep an eye on the radar there with him. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, like Iowa Akinola, right, who's dealt with injuries and had that mm-hmm. great MLS's back tournament. Yeah. Um, he was a legend you know, of that tournament. But suddenly he's not gotten the minutes, right. and maybe he goes on a heater and plays his way into the roster for them in Qatar. But depth, while well, I think they have a really good first 11, Canada, you know, building on their depth by no means is Jason Russell Roll out of the picture, but uh, that, that will take some sustained success uh, mm-hmm. and the continued trajectory that he's on, but uh, I like the kid, what I've seen from him so far. And, um, well, the best thing you
1: know, is that we've already seen some fruit from this new club, you know. Well, and This is the whole
2: thing, right? You waited forever, you had... A lot of ballyhooed prospects of your homegrown players, but a lot of times they had nowhere to go. Um, you know, you feel for guys in the past, not to go into revisionist history, but like a, a Benny Swanson, right, who got hurt. You know, if they had this opportunity to play these games like like a Zawatsky has, like a Jason Russell-Rowe, who wasn't necessarily part of your academy at first, but you can hone, you can develop, and... Also, they've had success, too, which yeah. also helps. And I think yeah. the fact that they've gotten minutes, they're not gun-shy when they've gotten into the games, uh, has just been huge uh, for the success. Even Mo Farsi, when he, when he was able to play in the two games that he did, I think there was a, a little bit of a synergy. You saw that with Russell Rowe in the Salt Lake game in the second half. So um, it's been invaluable for them to have that team and um, continuing to build on the young guys that they have and can stash away their prospects and, and let them – let them actually cut their teeth and then be ready when, when it's been called upon. And they've needed them. You know, they went into the second half of the season with more injuries than they did when they went into the break. So yeah. uh-huh. it's, it's a huge part of why they've been able to stay afloat and be where they are. Well,
1: Neil, it's 730, so I guess you got to go. I guess huh? i
2: got to go. But yeah. it's always a blast, chatting. And, you know, Sammy, you for being um, here. let's step into the archives because that two-goal deficit on the road is only the second time in club history the team came back to win down 2 goals on the road. Do you know the first and only other time?
0: Uh, There's a famous
2: word from my lexicon yeah. that remaculous. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Was it 2014 it was remaculous? Yes, 2014 at Philadelphia. You know, who could forget Let's that game? That was a lot of right. The East Let's make t-shirt. Game.
0: I, I, we've talked about making a t-shirt out of that and I Yeah, I think it we just should never <laughs> fruition. I'm going to make I'm going to make that tonight. All right. As soon
2: that as game locked them up Let's in the playoffs, it. right? It did. It did. Yeah, and it wasn't I don't think it Ethan. It clinched the spot, but they were in a good position, and you you could see the fact that they were down two nothing in that game. Like they're going to let this slip away, aren't they? And then the light went on, and they figured it out in the last fifteen minutes. That was huge for them uh, getting into the playoff
0: in Burhalter's first year. Yeah, I I think you need to bring that to broadcast again.
2: I will. And I'm I, sure. Well, you know, if if Kucha is going to score some of these. I'm going to have a busy vocabulary uh, down the stretch here. <laughs> yeah. And I want to say,
0: it, it does you no justice because I was watching on Valley Sports and I heard your call of the Kucho score. And then this morning on 97.1, I heard Chris's call yeah. on the Kucho score. And Arlo's call does not come close to how great both of yours and Chris's oh, well, thanks. calls yeah. were. So I just want to say Hi. I appreciate listening. We to always it. appreciate your work, and to Jordan. We're fans. We're nice of you to Jordan. say. Thank you. Yeah, We're fans.
2: We we, ha- we are here to have some fun. as absolutely. I often say, and we we do it.
0: One of those days, we'll get all three of you on the podcast. We should at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Jordan's a busy with golf party. league on Mondays, and so I will she keeps change the date of the. I'm the producer. I can do this. <laughs> and, I will and we'll change just change coin it new to phrases for day.
1: we'll just write them down and work them in.
2: Gentlemen, always great to spend time with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks, Neil.
1: Have a good evening, Neil Sika, voice of your Columbus Crew, dropping by here at Saucy Brewworks as part of the Mass Support Podcast. All right, so I, I think we covered all the excitement from uh, from uh, Saturday. We're going to take a quick break. Come back, preview DC United, and hell is real. <laughs> We are back at Mass Report Podcast here at uh, Saucy Brewers, 3rd Harrison. We thank Neil Sika, voice of the crew, for dropping by for a few minutes, breaking it down as only he can. Uh, we enjoy his work every match, and you'll see him and hear him on Wednesday and again, uh, well, I guess not on Sunday. Sunday he'll be on the radio. They'll be uh, all be on, be on the, the radio. radio together. Okay, good. We'll listen for him. Then. Uh, always great to get his insight. He's a great guy. Uh, let's go ahead and kind of put a wrap. On the Chicago games, it's so much happened. We, we touched on the struggles in the first half. How concerned are we with what we saw, especially defensively?
3: I wouldn't say concerned going forward just because more often than not, this team's been pretty good defensively. I mean, Neil touched on the set piece defending, but there were a couple other. You know, Jonathan had one go right through his legs as he tried to clear I mean, the, the second goal that Chicago scores, Pedro doesn't get back. They're all pulled out to one side. You know, so it was uncharacteristic of them. The back line, the defense, the, the team defensively as a whole, really. I mean, they allowed Chicago to create way more than I anticipated. But I do think for the most part, because we've seen them be as good as they've been defensively, that, you know, I'm not it, – it's more of the it's a one-game thing. And I, I don't expect, especially as they go back into the – 4-3-2-1 that I think they will revert to as Cucho starts to start. Um, you get you get comfortable with you know you have to decide which of the two center backs to use, but that's their comfort I think. And the three center backs has worked fine when they've really sat back, but they had to push forward and you know I just I think they got a little caught out of sorts and you know hopefully it was just a blip on the radar type of thing.
0: Do you feel that it was it could have been maybe more of a mental fatigue type of thing because they've been they were under so much pressure for so long in the half.
3: Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially Josh and Jonathan. I mean, they've played all of these games recently. Um, A lot of that
0: attack was also coming down
3: that side. Exactly. And, you know, I think that when you have been on like what they've done on the road, defending a lot, um, you know, I mean, you get up against Toronto, then Toronto pretty much controls the second half. You're able to hold on. You're under pressure, though. Same thing at RSL. So, yeah, I think there's there's definitely some of that. I just think my biggest disappointment, and I said this to somebody at halftime that I was watching the game with, was, like, that was a Chicago game that was certainly winnable going into it just because of how poor Chicago's been, and Neil touched on kind of their issues. And then to have that just first-half letdown. Now, it turned out to be great <laughs> with with the dramatic turnaround. Dramatic fashion. Yeah, but... I don't. You just don't want to see that from this team, and I. I guess I hope from here on out that that second half performance is what, you know, kind of buoys this team into the DC game, the Cincinnati game, and and maybe, you know, the energy that Cucho is bringing, and I think you just saw that. Sam, you sort of touched on it when Neil was here, just what he, him coming on the field. I think just everybody kind of had a lift, and you know, so hopefully that helps, and and hopefully, like I said, this is just a. You know, a, a bad performance by guys that have been pretty good defensively.
1: Well, and we, we, uh, we are critical of Caleb Porter quite often. I felt like he, he uh, deserves credit for realizing, hey, this is a winnable match. This is the best path for victory tonight. We can do this. Adjustments made, and they all worked out. It was like two different games.
3: Right and i think you know f- what Caleb's been able to do on the road this year they've played the 4231 obviously they moved in that Kansas City game they played the 433 got Aiden in there and i think that was huge for that and
1: he had a good match again on yeah, saturday yeah
3: yeah he's i mean he just does what he does but then to to use this 352 recently and they've stuck with it you know i i was a little concerned okay now he's getting a little tactic happy mm-hmm. and there's always changes and whatnot, but he's stuck with this 3 5 because it's worked. And of the pers- personnel they have, it gets those three central midfielders in there. Sean Zawatsky has played really well, though I didn't think Saturday um, he played just the first half. It, you know, He finally looked like a rookie, mm-hmm. which it was going to happen at some point. Yeah. But he's been very good otherwise. So I think it's made sense. And I think he recognized, Look, we're, and he said it before the year this is going to be a team that's going to have to grind out results. And they've had to do that because they can't score goals. Now, obviously, you hope that that starts to change as Cucho gets in and, and Lucas and him get comfortable together and, you know, Derek Etienne's healthy it and whatnot. But we're, we're going to have to wait and see on that. But I think they've done a good job of adjusting tactically to what they needed to do to get points. And then, as you mentioned, Brian, on Saturday – I think he knew that that there were goals to be had in that second half, and he had players on. I mean, they had three forwards on the bench in Cucho, Eric Hurtado, and Miguel Berry. Now, we obviously only saw one of them, but you trust Luis Diaz to run at that back line. Derek Etienne continues to play well. And, yeah, sometimes it's going to work, sometimes it's not. And Caleb struck gold on Saturday for sure. Sure did.
1: All right, so uh, quick turnaround here. At DC United on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, Team coming off uh, a record 7 nothing loss. I-, I think there was a Premier League game this season where Man City beat somebody in the lower end of the table 7 0. It- it's not a very common score, and I know you watched yeah. part of that match. Uh, I mean, it's kind of in the result. It's really bad for DC <laughs> United. And uh, then they uh, go out and hire a former player of theirs, the world famous Wayne Rooney, who will not be there on Wednesday. It's curious that this move is, has been made because when he was a player, he wasn't particularly happy living there.
3: Yeah, so the Rooney thing is interesting because he was a good player there. His teammates reportedly liked him. He was very, you know, he he's very, you know, if you've watched him play, I mean, he's probably not the best guy to train against, but from my understanding, he's always been a really good teammate. And, I, you know, going back to Manchester United and, It it sounded like he got to know a lot of the guys pretty well, and that doesn't always happen when you have a superstar come over like that. And then he leaves a year earlier than everyone expected because his family wanted to go back to England. He's been coaching over there since then. So it is a weird situation because, I mean, I haven't been to D.C. since 2019 when I covered a game there uh, when he was there, but I don't think it's changed that much. So if his family didn't like it then... And I, bel- I believe I saw that this contracts through 2023 with an option, team option for 2024. So it's not like he's just coming in to see out the rest of this year. And their now interim head coach, when, when they fired their head coach earlier this year, they were the first team to make a move, was told he was going to get to see out the year. Now, obviously, it hasn't gone well, though I'm not sure you expect it to really turn drastically around when you have an interim head coach. But I guess when you get beat 7 nothing. And I looked it up to see if there was ever an eight nothing MLS game. There has not been. Seven nothing. Eight one, yes, yeah, yeah. But so I, I mean I don't know if that move was in the works beforehand or if they were talking maybe next year and it was like, okay, well we can't we can't roll with this if we're gonna get beat this bad. Though as Neil pointed out, they have had some okay results. I I'll be very interested to see how this all works. I liked what, what Rooney did at, at was it Derby? Derby. Yeah. I liked what he did there. You know, almost kept them up, even though they had a, a point deduction. I think he's an interesting uh, manager going forward. I know he put his name in the Manchester United hat. I don't know if they ever really considered bringing him back, huh. but so it'll be interesting. And in terms of that game, I I tuned in at four nothing, which was only about thirty minutes in, and uh, didn't even recognize it was four nothing at first, as I was telling you guys during our break, but. I mean, they just looked lost. And, I mean, we just saw Philadelphia here a couple weeks ago. That's not a team that scores a lot of goals. No. I mean, they've gotten a lot of draws this year. And, I mean, they just put it on D- yeah. And they didn't – I mean, I, they didn't even look to be pushing in the second half and goals were still coming. They missed a penalty kick in that game. <laughs> I mean, it could have been worse. And that's, th-
1: that's something, isn't it? But I think
3: there's two ways this goes. Either D.C. just kind of s- continues to collapse – and the crew have a pretty comfortable win on Wednesday? Or is this where, you know, guys grab each other and, are like, we can't let this happen again, you know? Can there be the reverse effect? And if you're the crew, you have to be ready for that and, and not expect this just to just be an easy game, I, I think, because, you know, if, if I'm Caleb Porter, I'm telling the guys – this is going to be the best D.C. team that's played all year.
1: We have a we have a new manager, and his name is Wayne Rooney, and some of you know him and remember him. Right. <laughs> we They're going to go out, and even though he's not there yet, they're going to want to go out and show for the new guy, yeah. you know?
0: And so I expect a great effort from them. And, and I want to say that I thought that's exactly what the crew was doing for Kucha when he came in in the second half <laughs> because yeah. it's like – it's like, we're going to go out and, like, let's not embarrass ourselves in front of the new guy. Right. You know, right. who j- they just paid a ton of money yeah. to. Yeah. So we're going to play out of our minds. Uh, but, yeah, that, that could be... Uh, well, I, I want to
3: go back real quick because we wanted to get as much Neil's thoughts. And we sort of touched on this, and, and then we kind of moved on. But going back to, to Cucho and, and Lucas, when Lucas scored against Philly and that goal gets called back... I was in the Nordic. He was right in front of us, and like the ball goes in the net, and you could just see a relief, more than like celebration almost. And I just feel like he's felt so much pressure this year. And then he gets hurt. He was trying to. He gets hurt. Remember against New York, and then he's trying to come back. And I never thought he was a hundred percent. He just didn't look right. And then that goal gets called back. And I just think, you know, he has Darlington Dagby, and not that he doesn't trust his teammates, because I definitely think he does, but. Now he has a guy who he knows, okay, this guy played in the Premier League. Like, I know that this guy's going to do the things in front of me that I need to score goals. And I I just think you saw him, and, and I said it earlier, the other guy's just kind of the boost, but I think you saw Lucas like, you know, okay, this is my guy. And and I asked him about it last week. And, you know, he gave the, we're excited. Actually, he gave his first press conference in English, which was, which was pretty awesome. And we uh, did very well. But... I just I think that is going to be a huge thing for him to, to get back to the guy we saw early in the season and the guy we've gotten used to you know being so good. I just I wanted to cover that because we, we kind of breezed past a little bit earlier.
0: It does, it does kind of go back to what was I, what I was talking to Neil about is that now you kind of have to pick your poison of how to cover yeah. mm-hmm. Lucas and Derek and Cucho at the same time and who, who are you going to double team. And I, and, and I think a big part of Lucas's struggle. Outside of the first two games, is that as soon as he gets the ball, he is swarmed. Mm-hmm. And then look, Derek Etienne scores a goal in that Chicago game. And on that second goal, if you notice the pass, there were six guys going towards him.
3: Towards Derek. <laughs> and he yeah. just
0: cut them with one pass. Yeah. And, and that's so that we had talked about this before. Does Kucho solve all the crew's problems? No. But how much does his presence affect? what some of the other problems that we're seeing and how does that help Lucas, Luis Diaz, even Yao Yabo when he comes right. back. You know, how does that help the rest of this team? Because they're not gonna double team Miguel Barry, he doesn't need to. They're not gonna double team uh, uh, Jason Rossarroe, he doesn't have the experience yet. So it, it's they're not they're barely gonna double team uh, Eric Cortada. Yeah. So
3: well and well, Cucho too just his, his ability, you know, even, even I mean, I'm sure every team is going to be aware of him, but, you know, he, he does just remind me, Caleb Porter <coughs> brought up the names Joseph Martinez and uh, Raul Rui Diaz, but he just, I think that's such, we'll, we'll see if he can score like those guys do, and obviously this was a great way to start it, but from watching some of his, his just his YouTube highlights when he was at Watford and obviously he's playing out of position and different position and whatnot, but he just has that makeup about him. And I think at this MLS level, that's huge. And, you know, we've talked about the fact that there are other teams in this league that are scoring plenty of goals without a, a marquee guy. But if you can get that marquee guy, it just, to your point, Sam, it makes everyone's life easier. If he's scoring with regularity, which the team hasn't had in a while, you know, other guys can do other things. Lucas doesn't have to be that guy. He can be a, more of a creator and, and contribute goals. You know, Diaz. And you
0: can tell right away with that first assist to, uh, to Etienne. I mean, he, if, if, if he's not in there, he doesn't get that same amount of time to make that assist, even though it was a one-touch play. Well, how often is Lucas at this point 100%? I mean, he's... He's
1: taking some knocks, and it's the more guys you have around you right. collapsing on you, the the more uh, you're going to you. get hurt. And Every time you. You So the ball. just opening up that space, I, I'm really excited to see how it, this all works out. Uh, for D.C. United on Wednesday, Bill Hamid, their uh, veteran goalkeeper, is out for the season. He's having hand surgery. Yeah. That's a huge blow to them. But it, it, it's Taxi Fountas is the guy that, the, the man from Greece that I'm concerned about, he's played 11 games. He's taken 44 shots in those 11 games. More than double Ola Kamara. And uh, Ola, whom we remember well, has played in 17 matches. So you definitely have to account for him. Um, they did beat Orlando 5-3 to three on the road, right? Right, right. So I'm going to assume that uh, they're going to be taken seriously. But uh, they have a lot of problems.
3: There's yeah, no I question. mean, it's just interesting. <laughs> I'm always so hesitant to pick the crew, and I know we'll do predictions you know at the end, but
0: I go back powers? to the
3: early days. I mean, for what, the first seven years, the crew didn't have a, even a tie in DC, or, you know, it was, it was a long time until they won in DC. Now, obviously, this is at RFK and whatnot, but. Just there's always something about going to D.C. that always has been. The last time they were there, I think, was the 2019 game where um, they had the the controversial goal where I think it was Will, Will Trapp, um, got fouled very clearly near midfield. They VAR'd it and everything. They let the goal count. Ca- I mean, weird stuff has happened to the crew in D.C. And, you know, as much as on paper this should be a crew win, you know, again, going back to what we said earlier about They've got to be focused. You just, I don't know, you got to bring it. I was glad to hear Neil say he thinks Cucho can play 45 minutes because, you know, that that could be another big boost coming in at halftime. I mean, ideally you, you're you up 4-0 at halftime like Philly was, and it's, it's not a worry about Cucho. But, uh, you know, to have that kind of ace to play off the bench is, is huge because he doesn't know anything about D.C. He just is out there trying to score goals.
1: So what do we see tactically in with a lineup to start the game on Wednesday assuming that Kucho's is not going to start.
3: Yeah, I would not be surprised if Caleb starts in the 4231 again, maybe the 433 and you know just I don't I don't think you need to be as defensive now that you've got guys back healthy. Now, if you want to keep that three-man midfield with Sean Zawatsky in there with Aiden Morris and, and Dolly tonight because our tour is still going to be out for, for a couple more weeks. Then then maybe you, you go with a three-man midfield in a 4-3-3, but I just think I, we'll, we're not sure where Milos is. I think he would... I think the four back line, they just look more comfortable um, and that allows them to still get some numbers forward and, and whatnot. And So that would be my guess is you go with four in the back and then you, you base the, the midfield on you know what you think but you, know, you don't want to hurt Sean Zawatsky's confidence but I think if if you go with the four-two-three-one and have Morris and Nagby in there and let Zelleron play his actual position instead of playing a second striker as he was in the three-five-two, you know I think that everybody's more comfortable I think Jason Russell Rowe is probably yeah. most comfortable in that just because that's what crew two was, was kind of doing um but, yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see what Caleb does. And I like the fact that we don't know what they're going to roll out each game. I think, you know, it's great when you know the starting lineup and you're you're rolling off results and things like that, but they haven't been. So it's nice to have some different looks that you can throw at teams. You know, if, if they were LAFC, who's been rolling this whole season and plays a 4-3-3, you know what they're going to do and try and stop it, fine. But they haven't been. And maybe they will be with Cucho, but... I like that there's some different things that they can do, and, and we we are guessing, and we're people that pay very close attention. Fair enough. Let's make our pick, and then we'll move
1: on to Hell is Real, which has never been loaded with more meaning and importance. <laughs> it goes beyond the rivalry, beyond the signs along the freeway. It it's this is this is going to be a playoff match, and we'll get to that here in a moment. How do we see it, Sam? DC United.
0: Oh, okay. So, this is going to be the most confidence I might have this year. Um, I'm going to go two nothing crew. Two
1: nothing crew. All
0: right, Murph.
3: Well, I'm going to be there. Okay. The crew Did tend to play magic? worse when I'm <laughs> at lower.com. Oh. All right. So maybe being there. I'll say two one crew. I like I said earlier. I just always feel so weird. About that, I'm gonna be there with Andrew Erickson because he's having his wedding reception this week, and wow, so you we're going So many people getting married. I know it's it's an, it's nuts. Your, your gift, um, budget is just... <laughs> you're telling me, but yeah. maybe he'll bring them some luck. He was, yeah. he covered all the save the crew stuff. Yeah. He deserves to see a good win. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good guy. Tell him hi yeah, for me. I will.
1: Tell him congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I imagine that his uh, future better half is is a, is a good person. She's lovely. Okay, good. Well, I tell him I'm happy for him. I will. All right. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be nil-nil at the half, and then we're going to make our changes, and we're going to win 3 nothing. Kucho's going to score again, but this time he's going to score a brace. All right. but that? And then Josh Williams. <laughs> well, for Bart. Not the other goal, for Bart. Bart, we'll see you next week, I hope. All right, Hell is Real Sunday, National TV, who's showing it? I want to say Somebody. ESPN. Right. ESPN. The atmosphere is going to be electric. I remember last year's game, the Miguel Berry game. Yeah, in Cincinnati. No, the the one here where he scored oh. two oh, goals. Oh yeah, yeah. And I've never seen a fan base.
3: It is on Fox Sports One, by the way.
1: I was Fox Sports was One. A fan base quieted so fast, and and leaving with just their souls ripped from their.
3: From their well, And even the game in Cincinnati, yeah, he had yeah. the impact too, coming right? off the bench. I mean, not as big of an impact. Do we
1: start him on Sunday? <laughs> That's this a, is a qu- different Cincinnati know? team.
3: I, 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 it was I know, interesting I that Neil thought that that Kucha would start. The way Caleb made it sound last week, he wasn't sure if he would start any of these three games.
1: And to be clear, this is purely fitness.
3: Oh yeah, I mean. He is. He's not
1: ramped up to he, ninety minutes.
3: Right. I mean, he got here a, just over a week ago, mm-hmm. and started training. Basically, had three days of real training last week, and they were preparing for the Chicago game. So, he's not working with the starters because they knew he wasn't going to start. And yeah, I mean, he's essentially where this team was when they arrived in January. Mm-hmm. You know, he. So, they don't. There's no reason to risk him he gets hurt now what do you what do you do the rest of the year so you've seen what he can do in 30 minutes or whatever I you know so it'll be interesting to see what they do I know they are very excited about him and that would be a great game to start him in absolutely his first start Um, you know the the next game is I believe it's at home against New England but you know they're they're going to be somewhat careful and you know Caleb said 20 to 30 minutes max last game he got 30 minutes Mm-hmm. So, you know, right at right at that. Um, and obviously they needed him. So mm-hmm. and but yeah, I mean, it would certainly be a, a great boost to have his name in the starting lineup. And, you know, you get that announced before the game. And, and like you said, the atmosphere is already going to be great at Lower.com. But um, to have him you know, make his first start, you just you know, again, you don't want to risk it
1: early in the season. As I keep an eye toward Cincinnati every once in a while, I was noting to myself that their schedule seemed awfully easy start the season, they were having some success. But now, you know, eyebrow raised, they draw with uh, NYC
3: 4-4. Did you watch that game? That I did long not. Long. Oh, my. They're up 3-0 in the first half. New York scores one goal right before stoppage time, two goals in stoppage time. <laughs> of the first half, it was the first time in MLS history that's happened. Wow. To tie the game. Then I think New York City scored first in the second half, wow. and Cincinnati ended up tying it. I think, was it, did Brenner have a hat trick? He, yeah. he did. He did. He scored five history.
1: goals in four games. They've been waiting for this guy to show up. He wants out of town. He's already asked for a transfer. This is probably his final season with uh, Cincinnati. Is, this is his first season, It's his right? second season. Second season, yeah. yeah. All right, He's, you're
3: right. Um, and he didn't do much last year. He knowing. does seem to be finally settling in, which is a weird time to – you know, want to? Well, he's like,
1: I'm scoring goals now. I got to cash in.
3: <laughs> well, and it's it's interesting looking at their their form guide, which is the greatest thing that MLS had and then got rid of and has brought back on the website. Uh, they had four straight wins, then lose two, tie, win. So they're not coming in in great form. Oh no, that's not right. There's more. Then they had three straight right. ties after that. Sorry. Well, the draws with
1: uh, with uh, NYC, the game we're talking about. Yeah. Also a one-one draw with Red Bulls, yeah. where they eke out and a result with a man between down. Between. Yeah. So we can't our little our little puny brothers to the south. We get, we we have to take them seriously at this point.
3: Absolutely. I mean, as Neil said, Chris Albright, Pat Noonan's the head coach. Chris Albright, the GM or whatever the the title is there. They've got MLS experience. I think Dominic Kinnear is one of their assistant coaches. Obviously, he was with Houston for a long time. Um, you know, So they're building this thing in a much better direction. Now. And
1: it's, it's shocking to see, given the, the ridiculous
2: uh,
1: moves that they made in managerial positions and just not having any sort of direction at all, it's in a... Fairly short period of time, they seem to have finally figured it out.
3: Well, I think if you have the... Was the they, this is their third year in MLS? Yeah. So the no. fourth year in MLS?
0: I think it's their fifth. No, it's not that many, is it? Well, they had the open How cup run they... in...
3: <laughs> no. Regardless, you have the consecutive terrible seasons that they had. You know, when you you've built a new stadium in, in a good part of Cincinnati... You're trying to keep this exciting. Orders like, are coming out. Yeah, you, you got to deliver. Exactly, it. and I think that was finally okay. Here's what we've done. This didn't work. This didn't work. This didn't work. Let's try the the MLS route. And, and Pat Noonan's a guy who's been around this league for a while, both as a player and an assistant coach.
0: 2016. was their first year? In MLS. Yep.
3: So that I guess 2015 that run. Oh no 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 no. I talk, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say. I don't think so. My bad. <laughs> 2015
0: is when
3: they were found. Okay, yeah, they, they started. It's, uh, but anyways, time flies. I do think that they, I do think that they have found something. Now, you know, I mean, they're a point above the crew, and in the standings, and have played one more game. They've also been kind of the set team that you know that they were going to be, and not, they haven't been waiting on Acucho, for instance. So they you know, did the,
1: trade for Sergio Santos. They did Philadelphia. from Philadelphia,
3: which. Will be interesting. I I saw a couple different things on how he fits. I think most people agreed he's probably like a key depth piece, Mm -hmm. and he hasn't been great with Philly recently after having really good season a couple years ago. But you know, again, another move you make the move internally in MLS to get a guy who's had success in MLS. I I do think it's moving in the right direction. I you know I'm not ready to say that that since he is a lock to make the playoffs or anything like that. you know, I think we're all probably gonna pick the crew to win at home, but this isn't this isn't the Cincinnati team that the crew has encountered the last few years that, you know, has just been the basement of MLS. And obviously a rivalry game, we've seen how weird these games can be. You, you know, you mentioned we, we mentioned both last year. You know, it's I mean, this is what we wanted for a long time, right? The crew hasn't really had a rival there's the Trillium Cup with Toronto and Chicago back in the day and DC even before that but you know now you have this you know derby for lack of a better term and you've had <laughs> these funny results that come from them and you know I'm, I'm I'm glad that it attracts attention to both of these teams you mentioned national TV and you see LA and LAFC last week you know those rivalry games New York and New York New York and DC have always been television grabbers and now the crew have one of those at least once a year i assume the second game in in cincinnati is also on national tv
1: um much like the crew cincinnati also playing on wednesday they're playing lowly vancouver of all teams so i don't expect them to be taxed too much other than it's nice that they also have to play a match
3: yeah and you know you, you never want to be the the team that uh you know, that playing against a team that's completely fresh. Now, Cincinnati is at home, but the crew's just traveling to DC, so that's not terribly taxing. I do like that this is a Sunday game. Yeah. Caleb talked during this last three and nine that the crew did that it's much easier to manage the three and nine given the way they do recovery than it is if you do Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, that, extra that, day that obviously important. helps both teams for, for the recovery purpose, but, you know, I do think that makes for a better game for both standpoints um but yeah it would be a shame if one team was coming in completely fresh and you know we'll see how taxing the either game is for these teams but
1: what what do we think of Cincinnati in goal and defensively
3: I think I mean just going back to that New York City game that just because that's the most recent one I watched I mean they've obviously given up goals this year what is it here? Thirty-three conceded. So compared to the Cruz, cruise. Cruz, cruise, uh, well, now up to twenty, but they were. I think they thirty-three. Still are the that's, that's that's a lot. Yeah, I mean that's this is load. this is still a team, and I think you saw it as as much positive as I've said about them. That New York City game showed me that there's still some fragility. In, in these their minds, and especially defensively. And New York City is a really good team. They didn't have Castellanos in that game, but they still have a lot of attacking talent. But, you know, I mean, you've seen it with the crew. When, when Cincinnati, I mean, even going back to the first Hell is Real derby at Moffray, you know, they went up, what, 2-0 in that game? And then the crew were able to come back. If Even if Cincinnati takes a lead, and, you know, I think if you're Columbus, you want to just put them out of their misery early and, and you know, take care of business, but... This is a team that will, will let you back in a game because they haven't been mentally strong. And, and on that back line, they've given up lots of chances. So, you know, you've got to take them, obviously, and, and that's been the crew's biggest problem. But, you know, being at home and, and whatnot, and we talked about the Cucho effect, this should happen. What an atmosphere it's going to be on
1: Sunday. I mean, just to think about it. It's... Those,
0: those tickets are getting harder and harder to find. Uh, I
1: know. I looked this morning. Uh, I think I think we'll probably be watching on the tube. <laughs> it's just get, getting a little pricey, which, you know, I mean, uh, speaks to what this rivalry has become. Sixth worst defense in MLS. Yeah. So we got to make hay, and we got to make hay early. And it's hard to pick this game because we don't really know. Uh, you know, Cucho, if Neil is right and he's going to start, then, uh, you know, I, I like our chances of getting out to an early lead. Regardless, I like us to win
0: the game. We'll get – Get to my pick here in a moment, Sam. Um, for my score prediction, yeah, I'm gonna go with a three-three tie. What?
3: Wow. I did not see that three, coming.
0: Three-three tie. You said rivalry game and weird results. You're right. So there you go. That's
3: pretty weird. Okay. All right. Murph. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go th- three-one. I think for the crew. I think the defense gets back to playing well. Cincinnati will get one, Get one just because it's a rivalry game. but And I do think if Neil says is going to start, I'm saying is going to start. I I think I think he'll start too. Even
0: if he doesn't play like 90, yeah. he can start 60. and play 50 or 60. Yeah, exactly. I mean if he plays 45. I think he starts because that'll just light the place right, on fire. I agree. And they'll have to like use ropes to keep yeah, the if, roof down.
3: If he can do 45 Wednesday and get through that obviously healthy and, and feeling all right, what's you know the next step is probably 50 60 right so right and
0: and and the hope is you might not even need him for 45
3: on wednesday right you can use him but for but you may do 30. it anyway just right. to get the fitness if you if you want obviously game action practice or different things um yeah it'll be very interesting to see how Caleb Porter manages this because you know, he's he's well aware of this rivalry i mean he's he knows how much it means to fans, and you've seen him, I mean, remember in Cincinnati last year, going over to the the Shushing Cincinnati the fans and whatnot, so, you know, he, that, I mean, not that he won't want to win in D.C., because that's three points that are out there to be had, but... You know, you don't want to have another letdown, especially against Cincinnati at home.
0: Right. And a, and a team that's above you on the table right now. Right. Yeah. It always helps. Yeah. You know. I it's mean, not a, it's not quite a six-point I, I don't
1: care who we're playing. If, if it's a team a point above us in the standings and we're fighting for playoff position, you, that should be motivation enough. So this will be like a, a, a playoff atmosphere. I, I'm going to agree with you. I like the crew three to one as well. Um, and, uh, you know, if Cucho starts, I don't think it's even particularly close. No. It, Cincinnati, show me. Show me what you got. Until you do, uh, I'm, I'm not going to take you seriously as a fan. Uh, if I'm a player, I'm taking you seriously. But as, as a supporter, show me. Show me what you got. Because it, it hasn't been real good to start their MLS career. So we'll see. Anything about Crew 2? I know that uh, they had a disappointing loss the other day.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was another penalty kick, 0-0. They they have not figured out how to play without Russell Rowe. I mean, it just, yeah, they've got some other good, I mean, they were scoring goals. Other guys were scoring goals. I think Noah Fuzan, Fusion, however you say his name, is, uh, you know, probably, he was at one point, like, fourth in the league in MLS Next Pro in goals, but, I mean, it just goes to show you what Jason russell Road did for that team. You, know, you saw it against Toronto, the way he, he helps set up things, and he had a really good chemistry with Mo Farsi that I think other guys are trying to get on. They had chances against Toronto. Um, Toronto had some chances too, and you know, they just you – know, you get to the shootout and they missed the first couple, and you know, it, was, it was very similar to how the Rochester game played out. And, okay. You know, but you, you still get a point, so they're still yeah. top, of, uh, top of the Eastern Conference standards.
1: Well, it's a good problem to have because the whole point of the entire program is to bring players up to help the first team and Russell Rowe is with the first team. So it's kind of like uh, minor leagues in
3: baseball. What could be interesting here is if Jason establishes himself as the number two guy behind Cucho or even, okay, he's the the more true number nine behind Cucho and you have Eric Hurtado as the the stretch guy and whatnot, does Miguel Berry become... a frequent crew two low knee like could. Alex Matan. I think he needs to play. Who got hurt? Actually, Matan got oh, hurt. Oh, did yeah, left Uh-oh. in the first half. Um, I'm not yeah. sure what it was. I was watching it on my right. phone, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if I'm Miguel, I probably am not too happy getting loaned down to crew two, given where I started the season. He but needs to, he needs to play. Yeah, and score. You know, he needs, to score. He needs to score
0: and get yeah. some confidence.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it, it's gone. As I mean, it, it was a true, uh, you know a few lightning bolts last season against Cincinnati, and I think we're all guilty of uh, overestimating where his current abilities are. And um, yeah. he needs to play, so that's a, a route to, to, to do that. Anything else that we need to know about? You'll find out about injuries, Milos, and so forth tomorrow.
3: Right? Yeah, yeah, Milos got hurt late in training. Um, it didn't sound too serious from what I was told, but, you know, with the quick turnaround, I don't know if they – like I said, if they go two in the back, you can go with Jonathan and Josh. Our tour is still a couple weeks away. Uh, Marlon was back in training, but he's, he was questionable for the last game.
1: So. Here's a weird question that I'm just pulling out of my ear. Any chance that Eloy gets a night off on Wednesday?
3: I don't think so. Okay. I think I think they, you know, unless they need to do that. I don't just know a, a
1: mental problem. break or whatever?
3: Yeah, I, I doubt it. I mean, okay. we could see it at some point, but I don't. I think right now you just need results, so. Yeah. Okay, you keep them. You go with
1: yeah. them. You All right, it. just just asking, just yeah. something that popped into my head. All right, well that should do it. Thanks to Neil Seeker, the voice of the crew, for dropping by earlier. Uh, always appreciate his insight and uh, his uh, what was that word again that we were talking about? Miraculous. It's a combination I, I of to, ridiculous and yeah. miraculous. I, I need to I need to hear that from him again. I, I love I love his uh, lexicon. It's always entertaining. Well, DC United on Wednesday at eight o'clock. And then Sunday, hell is real. Kick at 7.30 at lower.com. And uh, I think a lot of questions are going to be answered after that one. So we'll see how it all goes. And we'll be back here, I assume, Monday to break it all down for Murph, for Sam. I'm Brian. Like and subscribe, please. Listen to my radio station, CD99. I would appreciate it. And, of course, please support our fine sponsor and host, Saucy Brew Works. They put up with us every week. We do appreciate it. And we'll see you next week on the Mass Report Podcast.